Villas Grace Church. Building relationships that make followers of Jesus. Know, grow, go. To know Him, to grow in Him, to go with Him. Well, it's good to be up here as we start our new series titled Parables from Jesus. It's going to be a five-week series that I get the chance to kick off this morning. So excited. Uh, as you remember, we went through the book of Hebrews, which I think was a little bit more than a five-week series. I can't remember. That one lasted a while. But you know what? We won't shy away from that because we love to preach God's word expositorily. Amen? Amen. Last week, of course, Pastor Matt preached our Resurrection Sunday message on the eyewitness testimony of, of, of those to the resurrection and, and just the validity and how important the resurrection is to Christianity. Uh, so we remember that. Let's see what God has for us this week. Let's pray. Dear Father in heaven, Lord, we love you and we praise you because you are the giver of all good things. Lord, just thank you for your truth this morning. Lord, we don't want to hear opinions, we don't want to hear ideas, we don't want to learn from culture. We want the truth of your word to penetrate our hearts, Lord. And that's what we're asking for this morning. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Up on your screen, you will see a picture of these gentlemen are known as the Navajo Code Talkers, also known as the Wind Talkers. Now, in in World War II... These were U.S. Marines of Navajo descent who developed and utilized a special code. By using their indigenous language to transmit sensitive information during World War II, with the Navajo dialect being so complex, these code talkers were such a small group that they actually recognized each other, and they knew each other during these transmissions. And once attached units also recognized this, these code talkers' messages were treated as critically important. One of the major reasons why is because they could transmit sensitive, vital information that the Japanese couldn't either break the code and they absolutely couldn't falsify the code. So when these guys heard them transmitting in their own language, in their own dialect, in the code that they've constructed, they knew it was absolutely the truth. They knew they could trust the source. They knew they could trust what was was coming in as information because of the source and who they were. See, Jesus' parables were much like this. Jesus' parables were only meant for a specific group of people who knew the source, knew it was truth, and were going to willingly, immediately act on that information because they knew their eternal lives depended on it. As we begin this series on the parables of Jesus, we'll see Jesus begin to kind of speak in this code and revealing information about himself and about the kingdom of heaven. But it does beg the question, why? Why would Jesus, you know, go from speaking clear illustrations about things like salt and bread and, you know, and and sheep and starting to talk about these, like, kind of a truth inside a truth? Well, mainly because the point we're going to see this morning is that as human beings, if our hearts are not ready to receive divine inspiration, divine information, it's either going to be uh, wasted on us or lost on us. 
And we find this in our, our, our first parable as we covered today in the sermon title, The Four Soils. Uh, many of you are familiar with this parable, The Four Soils, as Jesus teaches here. But what's really neat, and this is why we were uh, decided that we were going to kick the series off with this parable, because in this particular uh, Mark 4, chapter 4, verses 1 through 20, Jesus speaks the parable, and then he kind of, in between explaining the parable, gets alone with the disciples and kind of tells them why he's speaking in parables. So what a good parable to kick it off with. So uh, the book is Mark, chapter 4, verses 1 through 20. Follow along on the screen or in your Bibles as I read these 20 verses. Again, he began to teach beside the sea. And a very large crowd gathered about him, so that he got into a boat and sat in it on the sea. And the whole crowd was beside the sea on the land. And he was teaching them many things in parables. And in his teaching, he said to them, Listen, behold, a sower went out to sow. And as he sowed, some seeds fell along the path. And the birds came and devoured it. Other seed fell on rocky ground, where it did not have much soil, and immediately it sprang up, and since it had no depth of soil. And when the sun rose, it was scorched, and since it had no root, it withered away. Other seed fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no grain. And other seeds fell into the good soil and produced grain, growing up to and increasing and yielding 30-fold, 60-fold, and 100-fold. And he said, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. And when he was alone, those around him with the twelve asked him about the parables. And he said to them, to you has been, the, has been given the secret of the kingdom of God. But for those outside, everything is in parables, so that they may indeed see, but not perceive, they, and may indeed hear, but not understand, lest they should turn and be forgiven. And he said to them, do you not understand this parable? How then will you understand all the parables? I love when Jesus spoke like that. And the sower, so he goes on to explain, the sower sows the word. And these are the ones along the path where the word is sown. And when they hear, Satan immediately comes and takes away the word that is sown in them. And these are the ones sown on rocky ground. The ones who, when they hear the word, immediately receive it with joy. And they have no root in themselves, but endure for a while. Then, when tribulation or persecution arises on account of the word, immediately they fall away. And others are the ones sown among the thorns. They are those who hear the word. But the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches and the desires for other things enter in and choke the word, and it proves unfruitful. But those who are sown on the good soil are the ones who hear the word, accept it, and bear fruit thirtyfold, sixtyfold, and a hundredfold. Now, if we took these 20 verses and we condensed them down into one main idea, we would get this. We are fruitful when our hearts are ready to receive truth from the source. If you want to be fruitful in your Christian life, your heart better be ready, prepared to receive the truth from the source, 
which the source is capitalized there because that is Jesus. That's divine inspiration. Let's break these 20 verses down to see why this is true. We're going to go back to verses 9 through 12. That's where we're going to start. See, Jesus here, he's speaking in parables. The crowds are getting so huge that he actually started to teach on a boat. So that he wasn't like engulfed by these, these people. He taught with stories and illustrations before, but now he starts to speak in a kind of coded language. He starts to speak in a way that's revealing heavenly truth through earthly truth, so to speak. He starts to speak to, as he says in verse 9, to he who has ears to hear. So why? Well, he gives, he gives the purpose of why he's speaking in parables once the disciples are alone, starting in verse 10. And when he was alone, those around him with the twelve... That's the 12 and then other disciples, the apostles and the disciples, asked him about the parables. And he said, to you, those sitting here, has been given the secret of the kingdom of God, but those outside, everything is in parables, so that they may indeed see but not perceive and may indeed hear but not understand, lest they should turn and be forgiven. So you might notice in verse 12 how that's kind of set up differently. That's when there's Old Testament verses being recited. This was uh, from Isaiah uh, chapter 6, verse 9, I believe. And it was kind of a summary of the fact that at, at one point, the nation of Israel would reject the Messiah. This was a prophecy. And that's why Jesus is bringing it up. Those people in the crowds, all those people, and we're going to get into it here in a, in a minute, they're ones that indeed they, they see, but they don't perceive. And they indeed hear, but do not understand, because they will reject the Messiah. You see, it means, also in, in verse 11, it says the kingdom of God there. So what is the kingdom of God? The kingdom of God does not mean just being saved or, you know, getting to heaven, although it's, it's part of it. The kingdom of God here means any situation in heaven or on earth that reflects God's power and his sovereignty and his holiness. Jesus is willing to give the 12 and those around the 12 special understanding of how God is working in that moment. Secret comes from the Greek word mysterion, which where we get mystery, and it refers to something hidden, and it's not readily available to the public. It is only discovered and understood through divine revelation. In this case, Jesus providing the answer in, our, in, in the, the, the later verses. In our case, the secrets are revealed through God's word today, which is a recording of several revelations if you think about it. But to some might say, you know what, it seems unfair that only the disciples, you know, we're, we're going to receive this uh, mystery and these others don't. But the parable of the sower explains why they have access when others don't. Why? Because they're the good soil. They're, they're good soil that readily accepts the seed, nurtures it to germination, yielding 30-fold, 60-fold, and 100-fold. In other words, they chose to stay behind and ask for clarification. Think about that. Jesus honors their heart by granting them their wishes. They stand in stark contrast to the Pharisees of, uh, and the Sadducees of that day who wanted to destroy Jesus. The big crowd, they just wanted to use Jesus. 
It was like they treated him like he was a rock star. They got a really cool TED Talk every once in a while and some food sometimes. And they got to watch healings and they got to watch all these things. And I'm sure it was cool, but they didn't want Jesus. They wanted what he could do for him. And it, earlier on in, in Mark chapter 3, it even talks a little bit about how Jesus' own family, his brothers and sisters, like actually came out to get him at one point and be like, dude, you're causing a ruckus, man. You're making our family look crazy. They didn't believe in Jesus at first either. Listen, this, that's why Jesus said the crowd receives everything in parables. This doesn't make God's truth hidden or mystical or even complicated. So don't get that twisted. It just requires a person to care enough to pay attention to the word of God and be willing to learn. Anyone could do that if they have the desire. It brings us to our first point this morning. God wants to reveal the truth of the kingdom to those who faithfully seek it. God wants to, church. He wants to reveal the truth of the kingdom to those that, are, that will faithfully seek the truth. Whether it's for salvation or for Christian growth, God wants us to dig deeper into his word. Amen? He wants us to pray for understanding because he is our good father and he will give it to us. It's readily available to all Christians or all those seeking the truth. And speaking about seeking the truth, much like those World War II, uh, you know, Marines that knew about the wind talkers. There was vital information that needed to get out to those who desperately needed it. They, they knew they could depend on and believe the message because the enemy couldn't mess with it. They knew the, they could wholeheartedly rely on the message because they knew the source and they knew it was meant for them. Those who knew the source and had complete faith in the source. And reminds us of our main idea this morning. We are fruitful when our hearts are ready to receive truth from the source. We are fruitful when our hearts are ready to receive truth from the source. And as we get into our last block of verses, 14 through 20, I'm going to just throw this slide up on here, and it just kind of gives you an, an outline of these verses. I'm going to read this, but kind of, you know, look at the outline as I go through these last verses. The sower sows the word, and these are the ones along the path where the word is sown. When they hear, Satan immediately comes and takes away the word that is sown in them. And those are, are the ones sown on rocky ground. The ones who, when they receive, or when they hear the word, immediately receive it with joy. And, when, and they have no root in themselves, but endure for a while. Then, when tribulation or persecution arises on the account of the word, immediately they fall away. And others are the ones sown among thorns. They are those who hear the word, but the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches and the desires for other things enter in and choke the word, and it proves unfruitful. But those that were sown on the good soil are the ones who hear the word, accept it, and bear fruit 30-fold, 60-fold, and 100-fold. 
So here you see in that first part, he talks about the path and birds. That, that Jesus says, that is Satan. See, I knew I didn't like birds for some reason. They are, that is Satan. Satan is so good at snatching up God's truth. And sometimes he does it simply just by giving us other options. If you think about it, he's the master of sowing doubt in our minds. And church, doubt is the enemy of faith. It's no different than that first lie in the garden with Eve when she knew she wasn't supposed to eat the fruit and the serpent slithered up and said, hmm, did God really say that? Surely you won't die. Did God really mean that? It's no different. God's word is truth, church, and Satan is a liar. Remember that. Next, we have the rocky soil, and that's, that's due to that, that these people hear God's word, but they fall away because of trials and tribulations. This is not just any trials and, and tribulations. This is attributed to following the word, it says in those verses. People persecuted or going through hard times because they are following the truth of God's word. These are people that when they read God's truth or they hear it in a sermon, they start to doubt because bad things start happening to them in their lives. And they're thinking to themselves, I'm trying to follow God. I I think I'm trying to do the right things. I I have the truth. I'm trying to flesh this out in my life, and I'm getting nothing but grief. I don't want this. I don't like this. And and we become disgruntled, disgruntled, and we just fall away because we can't understand why life is getting so hard. So we forego God's truth because we're struggling with where God is trying to lead us. Next, we have the thorns. This is the deceitfulness and the desires of worldly things. I think this is where most of the American church falls in, if I'm to be honest. They're thorns and thistles that choke out growth. Think about it. What do thorns and thistles do in a garden? They take over. They take over space, they take over nutrients, so the things you want in there can't grow. This is where many of us struggle. We chase the American dream, and we fall, even fall victim to things like the anti-gospel, which is the prosperity gospel. It's all about you. It's all about what God wants to give you. He just wants to give you riches, and he wants to give you all these things, which none of those are bad in themselves, but if that is your point for following Christ... You're no better than an unbeliever. The desires for comfort in worldly things, when they become a priority, will always choke out the desire for God's will in our lives. It'll always become that thing that drains our energy, distracts us, and chokes out the will of God in our lives. But last, we have the good soil. These are those that hear The word. They accept it immediately and then they act on God's truth. These are those that hear God's word. They recognize it as truth. They, despite despite their own personal opinions or ideas, which is hard to get people to understand these days. We don't get to we don't get to interpret interpret God's word however we feel like. These are the people that know the heart of Jesus. They easily recognize his voice, and they long to know the truth of the kingdom. That is the good soil. 
And it brings us to our second point. Good soil desires God's truth over Satan's lies. Good soil desires God's truth over Satan's lies. We can have ears to hear the truth, but we must silence the lies of Satan and the loud clanging of the world's distractions around us. And it was really cool because I had a a conversation with Pastor Matt this week, and we were kind of talking about this, and he, he brought up a good point, and he said, you know, if you think about it, Satan's lies is the world. Because who's the prince of the power of the air? Who's, who's setting up traps and distractions and trying to get us, you know, to miss church and to not read our Bibles and to be distracted by all the things the world wants to give us? Not much different than what he did with Jesus in the desert, amen? So as we close today, we're bring this to, uh, wrapping it up. Uh, Joe, can you could come up if you'd like, please? As we close today, I would just like us to focus on these two things, these two ideas I really believe is important for us to to walk away with this morning. Number one, why the parables? Why did Jesus speak in parables? And number two, how can we be the good soil? Well, why the parables? We go back to our first point. Because God will reveal the truth of the kingdom to those who faithfully seek it. God wants to reveal truth to us. Some would argue it's not fair. It's not fair that God would, you know, just reveal truth to some and not others. First thing we have to remember about that, fair is a dirty word when you're talking about the gospel. Because if we all got fair, we would all be in hell right now. It's the beauty of God's grace that makes life unfair. So I'll spoil it for you. Life's not fair. But the grace of Jesus is what covers us and gives us what we don't deserve. Jesus has made a way for us to be saved. See, it's funny because the crowds, like I said, they didn't want Jesus. They wanted the show. They wanted miracles. Jesus does not want fans. He wants followers. He doesn't want megachurches. Uh, parading themselves around, jumping up and down in worship and having a blast and then hearing a message that's all about them and how their lives are going to be better. Those are fans. Jesus wants followers. The religious leaders, they didn't want Jesus either. They wanted him to die or go away. So there was a reason why specifically these parables were for a certain group. They were the ones that had faith in who Jesus was. And that he held the secrets of the kingdom and he could give them eternal life. They believed that God had made a way for us to receive his truth and that truth would save our souls. Church, let me ask you this morning. Are you faithfully seeking God's truth? Are you faithfully seeking God's God's truth. I'm not talking about coming and sitting in church once a week. You should do that. You should find a good church, a Bible preaching church, and you should sit in a sermon like this and receive God's word. I'm talking about, are you praying for wisdom and discernment as you scour the scriptures and allowing the word of God to change your hearts? That's faithfully seeking the truth. God wants to give you 
Not only the understanding to become a Christian, but also that you would have a Christian life that bears fruit. A Christian life that bears fruit 30-fold, 60-fold, 100-fold, and that you would be useful to the kingdom of God. He wants us to be the good soil. And that's exactly what our second point says. The good soil desires God's truth over Satan's lies. It's been said a million times, we have three major enemies as Christians. We have Satan, this sin-cursed world, and then ourselves. And as we just talked about, Satan is the father of lies, and he'll sow doubt in your hearts. The world is not much, you know, unlike that, where it's, it's just going to be a distraction, and it's all set up by Satan to trap us and to drag us away. But then we have to get past our own selves, don't we, Christians? Don't we, sisters and brothers? Our laziness, our pride, our deceitfulness. I'm pointing to me. Sometimes I don't want to study God's word. Sometimes I'm prideful. I don't want to let God's word change my heart. I'm like, no, I think I got this. And then my deceitfulness, where I can look at the truth of God and I could decide in my own heart and mind what it means. Church, this is why we must understand that we are in a war. This is not a cruise ship, it's a battleship. We have enemies looking to destroy us, but we have the surefire way to defeat the enemy and his schemes, and that's our main idea. We are fruitful when our hearts are ready to receive truth from the source. Let's pray. Dear Father in heaven, thank you that you have made a way for your truth to be shown to us. Lord, please open our hearts and minds to your truth. Let, help us to recognize your voice. Help us to know that it's just for us and you're giving us divine information that the enemy can't mess with. Help us to be seekers of that truth and allow our hearts to be the fertile ground of the good soil that Jesus has spoke of today. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. For more information, look us up on our website, www.villasgrace.com or drop us a line via email, connect at villasgrace.com.